Episode one, Black Horror Podcast. Gone of the Dead. What? Uh, first of all, what I love about it is the realism. Like in my mind, I feel like if there was an apocalypse tomorrow, besides fucking COVID, if there was a pandemic, a freaking apocalypse tomorrow, it would literally look like 2004's Dawn of the Dead. I, f- I feel like the cinematography in this, it's like, it's so textured. Like it, it feels so real. Like if I were to pull these characters out and put them into our world, it, it'd be seamless. It'd be flawless. Like the way that it's shot, it just really seems like what the USA in middle America would be like in a zombie apocalypse. That's the first thing I fell in love with when I, well, not as a kid. I, I had to really grow an appreciation for that aspect. But rewatching the movie, because I rewatched it. Well, I watched half of it yesterday and then the other half this morning. And yeah, rewatching it, going back and watching it. And that is the first thing I picked up on. And that's the first thing that truly stuck out and made me realize, okay, I remember why I like this movie. I remember why I love this movie. I remember why this kind of got me hooked on zombies. So that's the first thing. So the realism, like I said, it's just textured, feels real. Okay, so you start off, you have Anna. She's at work. She's a nurse in a hospital. I mean, this is just a brief, well, maybe not a brief synopsis, but it's a synopsis. First scene, she is at her hospital. She's holding up. She has some x-rays, trying to talk to the doctor. Of course, distracted doctors on the phone, talking to his friends. They're never talking to the patient. And this is coming from someone that works in hospitals. Oh, God. And that, no, please don't get me started on student doctors at work. Oh, my God. Anyways, they're always shirking their responsibilities. Not only a student doctor, but this doctor in the movie, he's talking about golfing. There's a literal, like, this is the climax of the fucking apocalypse. Like, this is when shit is about to go down. And he's talking about teeing off in two days. Like, do you not see all these ER rooms filled? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, that one. That one got to me. I was like, fuck. There is just some jackass doctors. But anyways. And overworked nurses, because, like, as soon as she's done talking to the doctor, she's talking about how she's supposed to be off in an hour. And Lord have mercy, if I heard, if I haven't seen and heard that from a million nurses, especially now during COVID, God, yeah, they are overworked. She, and, oh, okay, so, she talks to the nurse. Oh, hold on, I gotta look at my notes. Cora. Cora, they're trying to switch shifts. And she's like, you know, I gotta ask my hubby. And she's like, okay let me know. I want to know. And this is something that I have. And I just need an answer. And I'm sure I can Google it. But I want a specific answer from Zack Snyder. Does Cora live as the black woman? The Wait, the only black woman? Yes, the only black woman I remember seeing in this film. Did she live? Where is she? Do they meet up? Is, did she go to the island? I just want to know what happens to Cora. Hopefully she lived. But as Black people know we we rarely make it in a horror movie, so my girl might be dead. So anyways, Anna goes home and she's driving this, what, 1997 Corolla. (laughs) And I wrote down here, why do nurses always drive a 90s Corolla 
or early 2000s Nissan Ultima. Like, damn, that is their market. And Nissan specifically, Ultimas, like, they have found their niche. I don't know what what it is about them that draws nurses to them. But damn, they got some sales out of these RN. So yeah, she drives home, sees a little girl, a neighbor, talk for a little bit. She goes inside, kisses the husband. They talk a little bit, have some shower sex. And first of all, I, I really hate shower sex scenes because that is not how it works. It No. One person is always cold and shivering and just, okay, let me get under. Like, it's not. And maybe that's just a shower sex that I've had. I don't fucking know. But I get cold quickly. There's Especially because I, I can't get my hair wet. It'd be different if we both could stand under, under the stream, but I can't get my hair wet. So this whole time while you're trying to be sexy, I'm thinking about, okay, when is it my turn to get some water on my back? Can we just not take this to the bed? Lord, I'm having PTSD, war flashbacks or something. I hate shower sex scenes. It's so unrealistic. But um, while they're doing the doing the fake ass shower sex scene, what's it called? A uh, warning comes on the TV trying. And that's another thing. A warning comes on the TV saying like, cuts off but presumably saying you know how there's outbreaks of blah 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 stay indoors blah 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 blah. why the fuck if this is the start of an apocalypse and they they see that hey it's enough for us to give a warning not only on radio but on television why would you not be playing that warning around the clock if you don't play it every couple minutes why not at least once an hour what if people are, as you see, having shower sex and miss the fucking warning? You can't just say it once. Like, oh my God, that, that, that one got to me. I'm like, what the fuck? That's like announcing a tornado warning once. That's it. And all you could hear it was on TV. The little alert didn't come to your phone. Nothing pops up on the weather app. You're just fucked if you didn't, if you didn't get it the first time. So, yeah. So, okay. They wake up. This is the next morning. I'm sure exhausted by all the tedious, whatever the fuck, shower sex. They wake up the next day. And Vivian, who's the little girl that Anna saw earlier, is walking in the room. The husband wakes up. is like, hey, wife, Vivian's here. Don't do no freak nasty shit. We got kids in the room. So, he notices that half her fucking face is gone. And he runs up to her and is like, oh, my God, you know, Anna, wake up. Vivian takes this time to bite him in the neck. So my thing is, if this was why, why were alarm bells not ringing? If you see a little kid with half her face cut off and she's not crying, she's not screaming, she's not yelling, she's not kicking, thrashing, rolling on the ground. What? What? Even if you're in shock, like, no, 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 no. You would not be that calm. I, I don't care if you're an old fucking woman, an old man, or a kid. You would not be that calm. I don't believe it. He gets bitten. What's her name? Anna wakes up, throws the kid, which she threw her far as fuck. Like, that's a strong fucking RN. Like, my, I have a dog that's maybe like 45 pounds, and I can barely lift her ass. So I can only imagine lifting like a... 10-year-old child, like, 100-something pounds, like, or I, I don't know how big kids these are these days, but anyways, 
she threw her across the fucking hallway, all the way down the hallway. She closed the door behind her. She tries to attend to her husband that's bleeding out on the bed. And I'm, I'm no RN. I only work in telemetry, which has to do with the heartbeat for the people that don't know. I'm only a telemetry tech, but I'm pretty sure what she did was wrong. Like, you're supposed to apply pressure, get the bleeding under control, and the first thing she's doing is telling him to not apply pressure so she can look at it. There's, is there not too much blood? You can't even see the wound? Like, come on now. You apply pressure and then call for the cops or the ambulance or whoever the fuck you're going to call. But again, I'm no nurse. So, does all that. She does that. She calls 911 as her husband bleeding out on the bed. And the, the, the sheets look freshly cleaned. Like, oh, I'd be so bad. Bleeding out on the bed on these freshly cleaned sheets. She calls 911, I think, three times. No pickup. Her husband, Lewis, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah, L- Lewis. He gets up, turns around. He's completely pale. You can tell he's a zombie. Attacks her. She dodges the attack. Gets the keys. Goes in the bathroom. Okay. Now, this is something I also wrote down. I'm going to be referring to my notes a lot because... I have the memory of a goldfish. So I have to write these things down or there would be no podcast. So I wrote, hold on. Why the fuck does she double check? If this anomaly fucking occurred, a child just attacked your husband, your husband bled to death, to or at least to the point where he was not any longer responsive. And then out of nowhere, he gets up. The bleeding has ebbed. He's gotten up. Like, nothing's wrong. Like, all he did was get a nick on his finger, a fucking paper cut. So you know something's off. And I understand that shock happens. And, you know, well, what would you do if you were in the situation? You never know until you're in the situation. Blah, 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 blah. I get that. But even still, you know that something's wrong. And you know something's wrong, not even by all that, by the fact this man just tried to kill you less than five seconds ago and you're white ass and this is why I wanted to do a black horror podcast because I feel like not only in movies but in real life white people be doing some stupid ass shit because my black ass would have been out of there immediately fuck you if you love me and if you're normal you'll find me otherwise fuck all that shit this man tried to attack you tried to kill you less than five seconds ago she goes up to the door Lewis. And his ass bust his big ass head through the door, trying to get to her. Now she's trying to get out of the bathroom before he gets in the bathroom and actually kills her. Barely misses it, like barely escapes by the skin of her teeth. Also, a um a saying that does not make sense to me. Do we have skin on our teeth? I don't think so. So whatever. Anyways, gets away by the skin of her teeth, goes outside, she sees her neighbors. Well, really, she sees her whole neighborhood is now in complete chaos. Buildings on fire, people getting chased, people getting eaten, people getting hit with cars. The neighbor directly across from her, she asks for help. He's about to shoot her dead, and he gets hit by ambulance, which saved her. But he, And she's just standing there, and I get... You're going to hear this a lot from me, and especially in this episode. I get that she was in shock, but... You can't just stand there. You can't just freeze. You're going to die. Get your ass in the car, which she finally did when the husband somehow made his way out the building or out the house and tried to again for the third time in less than two minutes try to kill her. So she's driving. 
She's listening to the radio, changing every station. They're just saying the same old shit that they say in every fucking disaster situation. Horror, I mean, movie or real life. Stay inside, lock your doors, board your windows, blah, 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 blah. So she's driving. Um, she's witnessing all the chaos. She sees a big explosion on the way. She's just driving, trying to get the fuck out of there. I understand. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, okay. And at this time, it cuts away to, you know, the little, um, little opening credits or whatever. And I, I honestly love the opening credits because they, they, they like intercut it. Like you see some zombies and zombie attacks and then you see like organized religion. And I don't know if that was just, I'm sure, you know, that was planned, but you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, okay. They're, what's the word? They're um, comparing organized religion and zombies, you know, mind, people mindlessly following whatever or whoever tells them to do what zombies they mindlessly follow their instincts which is to maim and kill and eat brains and body parts so you know I thought that was a cool little comparison and I wish they'd have shown like it was it looked kind of like mostly and I could be wrong Muslim culture like I I saw the people um bowing on the the carpets or on their personal carpets which uh and I could begin the comp- culture completely wrong but yeah like they could have showed some white people at church and really they could have showed some black people at church because I mean come on I mean and I may just be saying this because I'm not religious specifically but spiritual but yeah, I'm sure y'all know some people that follow the word or the word of the Lord to the T, to the point where they're just mindless fucking zombies. They can't think for themselves. They don't have fun with their life because, oh, it might be a fucking sin. Oh, God, I hate people like that. I've known people like that. I grew up in the church, so I know people like that. I'm, I have family like that, in fact. And yeah, so I like that little opening scene. I like the song that plays like a little country music. So anyways. Before that opening scene, Anna's dumbass, while she was driving, stops and just is kind of like taking it in and watching all this fucked up shit happen. And someone tries to break into her car, which, you know, she immediately punches the gas. Smart, smart decision, Anna. And of course, swerves because he's trying to take hold of the wheel. She's trying to keep hold of the wheel and get him out of the car, which zombie apocalypse 101. Please lock your fucking doors when you get in the car please so shit like that doesn't happen like someone's gonna try to jack you she runs into a tree so here comes kenneth ving rames she's getting out of the car he says say something because zombies don't talk smart man and uh she says please that's all she says is please and so they keep they start walking can i just say copaganda freaking copaganda even back then you have a black person black man he's a fucking cop so I feel like they couldn't have made, and I'm going to struggle to word this. It feels like, okay, we're going to put a black person in there, guys, but we're going to make him the cop because we know black people don't like cops. We know this. Okay. So we're going to make the black guy the cop so that in their mind, in these black people's minds, they're like, oh, well, he's black. So we're rooting for him, but he's a cop. So we're kind of not rooting for him, but at the end of the day, he is black. He's one of us. So we're going to root for him and we're going to like him. And yeah, no, fuck that shit. Ving Rhames is, well, in this movie, which he's a dynamic fucking actor. Like he is A1. I love him. I've only seen him in like maybe two, three movies. And I've heard about a lot of his other roles, which I, like I said, eventually I'm going to watch. 
but he's just a great fucking actor. Like, he really is. But Ving Rhames, Kenneth, in this movie, can go straight to fucking hell. He was saying, and we'll get into this later, he was saying how he's basically been being a cop for years and didn't give a fuck about anyone. Sir, are you not supposed to protect and fucking serve? Like, come on. We are. We all know that you don't like us. Like, the, the community that you're protecting and serving, you don't like us. We get it, but damn. The end of days and you just admit it out loud? Fuck. So yeah, he's a shit cop. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. Regardless of who he saved, you know, how he led, he turned into a good, di- a good guy eventually. I don't give a fuck. He's a bitch-ass cop in this movie. So, they're walking. They meet the other three, and that's Michael, Andre, and his wife. Or his, Yeah, no, are they? I forget if they're married or just affianced, but his wife or fiance, Luda. So eventually they make it to the mall. And I love that. Like, I love, that's a part of the realism because I feel like in real life, yeah, it's a big ass building. It probably has security features. Like, this is a good place to be. And also zombie horror 101. Do not go to a hospital. Do not go to a church. And there's oh, there's another place that I'm forgetting. It's hospitals, churches, and I want to say libraries, but I know libraries isn't right. But hospitals and churches, Zombie 101, don't do it. Turn the fuck around. So they find this mall, Crossroads Mall, and they make their way in. And they're on the first floor. They made it in the basement, I believe. And then they went up to the first floor. Andre and Michael say that they're going to look around. They leave Kenneth, Luda, and Anna by this water fountain. So first you see Michael going into a sports complex. He puts down a iron crowbar and picks up a wooden cricket mallet. I need to know in what world is wood a better choice than iron? Because as soon as he hit it just, it blows my mind. Like, and I get it for like cinematography purposes or, you know, film purposes, but who in their right goddamn mind is putting down a iron, damn near unbreakable weapon for measly ass wood? Nah, 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 nah. Mm-mm. Doesn't make sense. Anyways, he puts it down. He, because he, he hears a zombie in the, in the fucking little closet. He opens the door and then he's startled that he sees a fucking zombie. You heard it. You saw movement under the door. I don't get it. So (laughs) the zombie startles him, kind of attacks at him, gets him off his feet. And Michael puts the now broken cricket mallet through his head. Great. It looks like it's a great scene. You know, I love the blood. I love the gore. I love how, you know, he took him out from behind. I'm from behind, from beneath and, um, you know, stab him under the chin, right into the head, into the brain. But still pick up your iron fucking crowbar and go on about your business, Michael. And don't ever do that stupid shit again. And then you see, um, Makai Pfeiffer, fine ass Makai Pfeiffer's, uh, character, Andre, you see him, uh, scoping out a different side of the mall. And this old, older guy zombie, like, smacks up against the glass, catches him off guard. He's about to shoot, but he doesn't. And uh, he's like, shatterproof, asshole. But he wrote here, I'm like, okay. And I guess that was their their explanation of why zombies never broke in. But no, if you put enough pressure on glass, even shatterproof glass, it will eventually break. And later in the movie, you see that 
you know, hundreds upon thousands of zombies are now surrounding this mall that they're in. So come on now. This, I mean, I'm not, once again, not great at math, but I feel like enough pressure, it they'd have broke through. Okay. So while all that's happening, they hear the, you know, they hear the rustle and tussle of Michael. They hear Andre's, you know, like saying shatterproof, blah, blah, asshole. They hear all that. And Michael, Luda, and Anna at the waterfall, they're attacked. So first, Luda gets attacked and gets scratched on the arm. Oh, Luda's pregnant, by the way. I didn't say that before. Luda's, Luda, and Andre's wife is pregnant. And uh, she gets scratched. So what's his name? Kenneth. He hits the zombie with his gun. The zombie lets go of Luda and grabs Kenneth. And somehow they tussle and fall into the little uh, waterfall. Uh, at the front of the mall and he scratches his arm on the way down or not scratchy cuts like it's a big ass cut that he gets on the way down and what's what the fuck is her name? i'm gonna forget everyone's name in here anna picks up the gun shoots the zombie now my thing is okay if they're in water he just cut his arm so now he has an open wound on his arm and now you have shot the zombie so presumably presumably Blood just came out of this zombie down its arm into the water where Kenneth's open wounds now is. How the fuck didn't he turn into a zombie? If Luda, can, and this is later in the movie, if Luda can get infected from a scratch, then he should have been infected by being in the same bloody, nasty water as a zombie with an open wound. I mean, that's just logic, folks. Tell me I'm wrong. Watch it again and tell me I'm wrong, because I know you can. So, they wrestle, tussle. Andre comes back. Michael comes back, and they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. So, they make it to the elevator, and they get on the elevator and go, I'm presuming, to level two. And then they see Bart, CJ, who is, like, the leader, and Terry. All three of them are mall cops, and all three of them have guns. And I want to know, at what mall? Do mall cops have a gun? And I'm not talking about cops that happen to be, you know, like state or city cops that happen to be surveying the mall or blah, blah. They look like they, I think they had patches. They're, they work for the fucking mall. At what mall? And maybe it's like Mall of America or, you know, so I'm maybe, a, you know, a mall that I haven't been to. But at what mall are mall cops, you know, just carrying around a fucking gun? Paul Blart didn't have a gun. I'm very, guys, tell me if you've been to a mall that the cops are legit just having guns, wearing fucking firing actually guns, not not the beanbag guns, not the rubber bullet guns, but real fucking live bullets, then please send me that mall because I'm not going to it. Shit. We get killed enough as it is. I don't want to get killed while I'm at fucking Sbarro's or some shit. You know, they're, okay, now they gave him the guns, like dumbasses, but I, whatever. They gave him the guns. I don't even want to get into that. They give they give him the guns and um, they're watching, you know, just newscast of what's going on and it's real sad. It's real tragic. Anna finally gets some fucking shoes. Like this first, what, 30 something minutes, she's just been shoeless. I saw her feet are black as fuck on the bottom. Michael. 
he has to stroke CJ's ego because at this point he he knows he's a little unhinged. He knows he's a little off his rocker. So he's like, hey, why don't we go put signs on the roof? Because we probably have planes still flying around. And he's like, you know, CJ's like, oh, okay. Like there are some cases at Ace Hardware or wherever the fuck. So we can use that. And Michael's like, yeah, good, solid plan, man. Solid plan. Like, you know, really playing him up because... He wants to get on his good side before he ultimately has to take over. So they go up on the roof. They make their SOS signs and they see Andy, who's across the way. He owns a gun shop. And I forget who it is. I think it's Andre. He's like, you know, he may as well be on the moon because at this point there's maybe like 200, 300 zombies. Definitely not a lot or not. Yeah, it's a lot, but not as many as there's going to be. So he's like, you know, he, Andy may be on the fucking, might, might as well be on the fucking moon. Ving Rhames gets, or no, 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 someone gets some binoculars. Andy holds up a dry erase board that says, you know, alone. And uh, yeah, so they know he's alone. He has all the bullets and guns in the world and there's nothing they can do. So, and oh, bless Andy because he's in this whole apocalypse just alone and you can see in the deleted scenes you know he's talking I think to himself he's talking I think he's like making a video for his daughter if his daughter ever finds him or something like that or his daughter already died and he's just you know making video to keep himself saying I forget I haven't watched the extra credits or the uh you know not extra credits but the added bonus feature stuff I haven't seen in a while he's over there alone isolated as fuck but at least he has a dry erase board, which is how he starts to communicate with the people in the mall. So later that night, they're back inside. I don't, yeah, okay, yeah. I think they're all just watching TV after they come from the roof doing the SOS signs or just watching TV. Oh, also, CJ was at the fucking January 6th insurrection. Like, he was definitely there. His character was there. I would not be surprised if CJ had the fucking, you know, the police American flag, you know, the blue and black on his fucking truck. And he probably drives like a 1998 Ford F-250. It's red. I bet it has a fucking, oh, what's the shit? The flag with the cross. What is it? Damn, I can't even remember. But I know exactly what it is because I shit, I live in Tennessee. I see it all the time. I can't, damn, I can't, you know what? That's going to bother me. Hold on. Now I got to, now I have to look it up. Consulting with Google once again. One second. Yeah. Confederate flag. Civil War, Confederate, yeah. So, he, I'm sure he has. Like, that is CJ. He has, he was at the insurrection. He drives the old red Ford 250. He definitely has a Confederate flag and a police flag. I bet his brother and his dad were like fucking policemen. I bet he goes to Civil War reenactments or goes to him. I don't think he participates, but he goes to him. Like, CJ, He's off his fucking rocker. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if he turned into a good person. He's a racist. And you cannot tell me different. (laughs) You cannot tell me different. So they watch TV, whatever. He puts them in this like bed, bath and beyond place. Terry, Michael and Bart aren't locked up. But the other four are or the other. Yeah, the other four are. So and I love Bart is talking about like. You know, hey, you know, you remember that fat chick from Dairy Queen, how to tap that shit? She was coming over. First of all, Bart, you funny looking motherfucker. Who are you to even like talk about fat phobia? Talking about like 
he he definitely hit that how do you know she wanted to fuck you she may be fat but that doesn't mean she want to fuck your crazy creepy ass like that scene i'm just looking at him like niggas like this is this is how men think honestly i'm not even attracted to the woman talking about her you know that fat chick from there like just talking about the poor fucking woman but talking about he still hit it because you know it's the end of days you don't even in an apocalypse i'm not trying to fuck anyone i don't I'm not physically attracted to, but hey, men are, they're just different. That's, that's all I can uh, say about them. Okay. So we get to the iconic hell is flowing over. I love it. I, I got to look up that actor's name and I'm a stitch it in because he, it's his voice and he was in the original Dawn of the Dead that brought him back to do this scene. I love it. He's a pastor um, so CJ's up, Michael, Terry down, and CJ's just watching TV and here comes this pastor and he's like, hell is flowing over and Satan is sending his dead to us. Like, oh my God, that line. I would honestly have that tattooed on me. And now that I think about it, that may be in my next tattoo. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I just love it. His voice is so calm and so soothing and it's so fucked up, you know, just this fucked up ass scene. And he's talking about, you know, you have man on man relations, you know, you, you kill unborn babies and all this shit. Talking about, you know, all these fucked up people and you wonder why, you know, we have zombies. Like, first of all, he's wrong, but I just... I do still love that scene because, and again, back to the realism, in real life, they're going to put that evangelical fucking priest on that's saying, you know, oh, if y'all weren't gay and y'all weren't this and y'all weren't that, we wouldn't be in this predicament right now. And yeah, no, like that's, (laughs) if if zombies are going to rise up, they're going to rise up. And I believe it'll be a scientist that makes them rise up, not an uh, otherworldly being, but We'll see. But okay, so he's like, hell is flowing over. And then he ends it with, when there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. I love it. Like, I swear to God, I I really want that tattoo on me somewhere. I'm getting, I'm getting excited thinking about it. But I got to find where. And also, I wrote, who put his bigot ass on screen during the apocalypse? Like, if shit is going to hell, I don't need you telling me, well, if y'all would have lived a better life, you know, we wouldn't be in this. First of all, please just give me some news. I don't want to hear this shit. Just tell me where I need to go, who I need to see, what I need to do. Like, I'm not trying to hear none of this shit. (laughs) Like, I need something to soothe me. Bring me down to a two because I've been at 10 all day running and fighting for my life. Like, please don't put his crazy old ass on TV. Not right now. I don't know who, what broadcaster decided to okay or give the green light to him, but they also need to be fired. But at that point, it's the end of the day. So I guess anything right. So, oh, also I, I wrote down how traumatizing must, you know, or how traumatized must Anna have been to like that she's had a hell of a fucking day like I know all of them have but you wake up try to save your husband he dies you shoot someone in it by the looks of it by the first for the first time shot a fucking person even though there was zombie but you know in her mind still a person like and then now you have this dried blood on you. You're with all these people you don't fucking know, sleeping in a room where you're locked up like a fucking prisoner. You, ha- you still have your 
dead husbands or your dead fiancés, like, all his blood on you. And I'd have, I'd have been crying. Like, she's just laying there, like, in the thick of it, just, like, probably in shock. But my ass, I'd have been crying. I need some tears to flow because I, I can't hold this shit. <laughs> I can't hold this in. Like, that's a lot. I'm sure, like, I, you know how much PTSD will be running around if there's a zombie apocalypse? Oh my God. Like even if even if America or wherever got through the apocalypse, oh, there'd be some there'd be therapists will be making some good money because there's gonna be a lot of trauma. So okay. They, you know, they show them basically just listening to all these zombies outside, basically like, how the fuck am I gonna sleep with just not everything that's happened today, but everything that's going to be happening, everything that, you know, even right now, just listening to dead people reanimated dead people just moaning and groaning like outside how how am I supposed to get sleep so it's morning time now Terry is talking about coffee wanting some coffee wishing that the people from hallowed grounds who are the little basically Starbucks of this universe how he wishes someone could make him a I think a soy triple latte or something and so he goes downstairs to hollow ground about to make himself some coffee he passes the little bed bath and beyond place where they're you know stashed in basically and uh Anna goes up and sh- to the bars and she's like hey I need to go to the bathroom these toilets aren't real so I need you to let me go and here and Terry's bitch ass yeah, I'll have to ask CJ. She's like, no, I'm asking you. I need you to unlock this fucking gate so I can go take a piss. It's really that simple. Like, yeah. So he does. Thank God. Like, Terry really grew some balls. Like, he started out as a little punk following crazy-ass CJ and even crazier-ass Bart. And he really, like, grew into his own, which I like. So they're washing up. Andre's talking about how he wants to do better for his daughter because he didn't have a really good life. And that was a touchy moment. Like, and I, I think that was the first time that Kenneth really saw him as a person. Like, okay, he's not just a thug on the street. He's not just, you know, whoever, what have you. He really cares about his family and he wants the best for his child and he wants to do the best for his child I really think that's the first time that Kenneth saw his humanity because I feel like at this point Kenneth is just so tapped out he's you know he's one of those cops like just doing it by the book you know he's not really putting his heart in it because he hasn't had to or maybe he's done it too much and got her I don't fucking know I'm not even trying to make excuses for him because I don't fuck with cops but especially and well not especially but Cops, even in movies, like, any type of cop, I don't fuck with you. Yeah, so, yeah, he's probably just, like, at this point, like, just so, like, nothing really gets to him. But, you know, uh, Andre was telling him, you know, how he wants to really take care of his daughter or his child. And Kenneth looks at him and, for the first time, I think, really sees him. So they're talking, they're getting ready, everybody's washing up. And here comes Terry was a creeper. And... See, like I said, Terry really grew into a, a likable guy because at first he was a fucking creep, just like Barton, just like CJ. He was weird. You know, everybody's getting ready and he's peeping through the camera about to watch Anna get naked. Like, bro, like, God, talk, is, isn't that sexual assault or isn't that a type of assault? I, f- I could be wrong, but I feel like peeping Tom's, you know, that's infringing on someone's privacy. Like, that's, he's even if it's not a, a type of assault, He's just fucking weird. He's a creeper. So he sees these people driving around shooting, basically trying to just find somewhere to park, get out, just 
get things together. So he runs up to the roof. Meanwhile, the group that used to be in Bed Bath, Bed Bath and Beyond are also running up to the roof. And here goes CJ's bitch ass. Who gave you permission to leave the goddamn store? Like, the fuck? You're not the game warden. You're not, you know, or the game warden. You're not the fucking, you know, guard. You know, you're just fucking CJ. Like, bruh, please don't let this shit go to your head. And also, oh, and I would love to see like an alternate version where the CJ that CJ could have turned into still has power and still like maintains hold and control of the mall because I know he'd have ran that shit directly into ground. And I feel like, oh my God, he'd probably sacrifice everyone until he's the last one standing. And then he'd just be all sad alone before the zombies overtook his ass too. Like, I'd love to see that version. I bet that'd be so good. But okay, they're all on the, they're all on the roof and they're talking, you know, cause Anna's like, you need to let them in. He's like, no, cause they could be fucking sick and you know, zombies. And she's, common sense she's like how the fuck are they zombies they're shooting and they're driving i've never seen a zombie do that especially not these ones in this parking lot so clearly some people in that car are in their right mind and they're fine and at this point and what's the name of the rapist because Anna's like get that fi- get that gun out of my fucking face and here goes bart uh you got a mouth on you someone should show you how to use it well, first of all i'll shoot you in your goddamn face and then i'll bite your penis off don't fucking play with me little boy like <laughs> and, yeah no that that pissed me off because i'm like okay see these two and this is why i hate that they both have a fucking character arc because eventually cj becomes a good guy and what's his name mida you know it's kind of like hinted on like okay if cj would have became a good guy then bart also would have became a good guy no if you're talking about if you're fat phobic you're talking about raping people because you're the one with the gun the fuck you don't get a you don't get a character arc like i'm very glad they killed him off because no you're a rapist you're always gonna be right and just for saying that even if he's never raped anyone in his whole cinematic universe he is a rapist just for saying that like that's no 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 and then he's licking his lips like no 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 he he's this man's a predator so okay they take the guns from him terry puts them in a lockup and makai pfeiffer's andre he's like he's talking to michael like hey man i hope you got a you know i hope you got a plan (laughs) because they were the ones with the plan so we didn't have any responsibilities but since now we've taken that from them i need you to have a plan so they go downstairs Andre and Michael do they go downstairs and you, <laughs> I love that Makai Pfeiffer is really or Andre he is really like speaking for all the black people at this point he's like I don't know what your plan is but if your plan is to go out there you need to think of a new plan because we ain't doing that and, <laughs> and Michael's like we gotta we gotta and he's like nah man get that get that shit out your head right now and yeah no because that would have definitely been also my black ass we are not going out there if you can't think of a plan that does not involve going out there you need to do that shit yourself because I don't know them people in that truck and yes I want them to live but I'm not going to sacrifice myself for them to live like white people always trying to sacrifice or actually get other people to sacrifice themselves like isn't that a whole trope the sacrificial negro it's a fuck no for me sacrifice your ass and then i'll think about it so they go outside just to see that luda and anna have already made a plan to get them out the truck so now they're out in the open zombies are kind of coming at them they shoot them what's the name waste a fucking bullet because 
they already know to shoot him in the head and Michael's over here shooting him in the chest. Like, come on, man. We, we don't have unlimited resources. Stop playing. So they eventually get back in. They get all the people out the truck. Ty Burrell or Burrell from Modern Family plays Phil. He's in this movie. Like he plays such a good asshole. Like he's just truly just oh disgusting in this movie like he play, like he's he also is a good actor because i hated them like when i saw this movie even before modern family came out like i just hated him like oh even i see him like in other stuff like every once in a while i'm like that's the guy fucking dawn of the dead that asshole like oh my god i hated him i truly I just truly, he, he made me, and I love when an actor is that good that they make you either completely love them or hate them. Oh yeah. I, I could not stand Ty Burrell. Didn't even know him. He's probably a nice guy in real life, but I hated him until I saw Modern Family. So Ty, they get everybody in and I wrote here, who thought it was a good idea to bring the lady in the wheelbarrow? Like who and I get leave no one behind, but she has this big ass bite on her arm. She looks like she's dying. And your first instinct is to bring her with the general population. Like at this point, they didn't know that bites, you know, transfer the virus. I get that. Well, really injure any injury from an undead because old girl got cut and she's now infected. But I get that you didn't know, but she looks sickly. She looks deathly. And you're bringing her in an enclosed environment with the general population. How does that seem okay? That, like, at least put her in a different room. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that was just for, uh, not foresight, just a lack of planning on their part. It, it in no way seems like a good idea. Any injury should have been in another, another room just in case, like... And of course, I'm saying this as someone that's watched the movies and watched zombie movies for years, but still, quarantine. It's okay to quarantine people. Kenneth is trying, you know, they're catching up, like seeing the, the, the lady, and I forgot her name, shit. Cora, or no, I'm lying, that's a black nurse. Hold on, so I have it written down somewhere. Okay, well, either way, with this new group, there's an old lady that kind of uh, saved everybody. She picked everybody up from the church and. Kenneth is like, you know, can I borrow the truck? I'm trying to get to my brother from Fort Pastor or get, yeah, get to my brother that's in Fort Pastor. And, you know, the lady saying like, hey, I literally just picked all these people up from Fort Pastor. And here he goes. Is is everyone there dead? And of course, Ty Burrell's character is such an asshole. He's like, I mean, yeah, in the sense of they fell down and then they got up and started eating people. And he's like, and here goes Kenneth, is everyone there dead? Like, sir, first of all, I need you to stop yelling. And then second of all, he, he, I mean, at this point, just use your fucking common sense, Kenneth. Like, yes, everyone there is dead. If, if she grabbed and got as many people that were alive and still even injured, that she could, that means for the most part, everyone else there was unsavable. That's generally what it means. I'm sure she got as many people as she could. I'm sure she did the best that she could with what she had, but you're, you're chancing it. Cause I think they even mentioned like they barely got out. So what the fuck do you think your one man army is going to do? Like, bruh, you're not fucking, <laughs> you're not Rambo and you got one shotgun with limited bullets. Stop playing. Like, 
And but I do love I put this here. I was like, Ving Rhames saying, fuck y'all, because, you know, he they're trying to talk him out of going. And Michael, he's like, you know, these people here could use you. And he, <laughs> Ving Rhames, Kenneth, turns around and is like, fuck y'all. <laughs> he's like, fuck y'all, and goes up to the uh, roof to clear his head. And when I say I, <laughs> that shit tickles me every time, because he's like, uh-uh. I'm not to be not about to be your fucking, you know, savior. It's a fuck now. Like, and I honestly, even though I don't fuck with cops, even though I don't fuck with him as a cop in this movie, at that point I fucked with him. Cause I'm like, you know what? I feel you on that. I'm not saving your white asses either. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Nope. I don't care if I'm a cop or what. It's a no. At this point, it's every man for himself. We can help each other, but if I said I'm about to go, that's what I'm about to do. So yeah, I respect <laughs> I respected him on that one. So they go up he goes up to the um to the roof. He sees Andy there. I think Andy asked something like, you know, what's the news? And he says that, you know, Fort Pastor's gone. And I think Andy says something like, Okay, so what's the bad news? So, you know, that made him chuckle that uh relieved the tension and he's like, Damn, you know, I guess and I guess this is Kenneth, again, growing some humanity, which he should have had, you know, years into his career as a cop, but whatever. He's like, you know, and he's like, and I'm guessing in his mind, he's saying, um, like, let me stay here. Maybe he has a point. You know, there are people that do need my help here. And, you know, there's the work I can actually do here versus going on a wild goose chase for my brother that's all already probably dead. So... Yeah, it's the power, it's, I, wrote, I wrote down, it's the power of friendship that changed Kenneth, basically. Like, Andy, he grew up friendship with Andy. They start playing uh, chess and different games back and forth over binoculars through the fucking, you know, white, white, uh, what's called whiteboard that they each have. So, oh, and also, okay, so it cuts back to Anna down in this makeshift ICU, taking care of the people that just came out of the truck. And, okay, you're a nurse. Even though she doesn't say it yet, she knows that this bite is transferred through bites and scratches and, you know, mucous membrane. So you're a nurse, you're cleaning up these people that have, and there's been two confirmed bites. You're cleaning their wounds and not a glove, And I understand it might be hard to find gloves in a mall, but I guarantee you somewhere in that mall, if she looked hard enough, she'd have found some gloves. Because what if you just happen to have a small itty bitty cut on your hand and now you done cleaned this man's bite wound and now you got it into your wound and now you're in the same boat as Luda about to turn in three to five days. Like, come on now. You're supposed to be an RN. I need you to be a little bit more smart than that. But okay, she cleaned the people up. She goes over the girl from the wheelbarrow. Barrow? Barrel? Barrel. Is it bar- it's a It's a barrel. Because, okay, in my mind, I'm getting it. What is a barrow anywhere? I don't even think that's a word. So yeah, it's a wheelbarrow. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> the lady from the wheelbarrow, she starts doing this like chain stoked breathing. I think it's like chain stoked. Is it chain stoked? Oh, Lord, it's been a while since I, t- I took a medical um fucking terminology but chain stoke breathing right it's like <gasps> so she starts doing that and terry is with her when she starts doing this and he's like anna you know come over here she she basically dying she's doing some shit look at her so anna looks at her 
takes her pulse, puts her her head or her ear to her mouth, you know, here for breathing. And uh, she was like, you know, she's dead. And Tucker, one of the guys from the truck, he's like, damn, you know, lady died without a name. That's fucked up because nobody knew her name. So she's like, hey, do you guys want to move to the other room? And before, I don't even think she gets to finish that sentence. And zombie shoots up. The old lady shoots up, sits up. The cover that was covering her dead face has now fallen off. Somehow looks, or no, no, Terry shoots off like a fucking rocket. Okay, he's supposed to be (laughs) mall security. He shoots off like a fucking rocket, leaving Anna. Anna's like, oh, fuck. So she she starts running, grabs a crowbar, pulls, or, you know, one of those, uh, those chain, I mean, not chain, um, what's it, those fire stokers, and, uh, jabs it right through the eye. Gets her. I just wrote down that, you know, Anna's a beast for that kill because I know me. As far as run, what is it? Fight, flight, or freeze? I'm a freezer. So as soon as that shit happened, I'm already dead because, and I know I was talking shit about Anna freezing before, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. I feel like in the right situation, I would know when to freeze. I'm hoping I would know when to freeze or when to fight or when to run. In that situation, just because it, it happened like that, yeah, no, they, she'd have got me. She'd have got me on that one. That one was too quick. I'd have just been freeze. And by the time I actually realized like, okay, let me get the fuck out of here start or start fighting. She'd already got me. So yeah, I, Anna was on it with that one. Okay. They're talking, you know, they just, uh, Anna just put down the lady. They're talking and Anna's like, you know, hey guys, I think, I think I got some information. I've seen it twice at this point where someone gets bitten, someone dies and they come back. And it's like, it, it like... Oh, shit. I wrote the time down in the movie, but I wrote it wrong, so it's not the correct time. Damn. But anyways, it's at a certain point in the movie. You see Andre when she's saying this and because he's like, how do you know? And she's like, you know, I've seen it twice now. Like, this is what happens. It's the bites. The bites will bring them back or the bite kills them and the bite brings them back. So Andre looks and like he just steps dead in his tracks and he's like, oh fuck, like shit, my fucking wife is about to turn because he realizes, you know, she has that cut from a zombie and also how the fuck and and this has even happened in other movies since when did cuts get related to infection because and i get it because if if the zombie happened to have infected blood under its nails when it cut someone then that makes sense but just to simply cut someone that would imply that every cell every little cell in 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 a body in an infected body can infect someone it doesn't make sense. But anyway, so, you know, he's looking, he's like, he's realizing like, okay, my wife is going to turn. So he goes in, checks on his wife and kind of eases her and his own self. Cause you know, she looks normal. He looks at the cut, you know, he's telling her it looks like it's already healing. And yeah, he just basically goes in to comfort himself. Cause he's trying to push it in the back of his mind, but he knows his wife is going to turn. So at this point, they realize that Nicole, who is also one of the characters from the truck, she, her father, her father is bitten. He knows he's been bitten on the hand. And now they know that bites are what turn people. So they know he's about to turn to any minute. Kenneth ends up killing, uh, yeah, killing uh, Nicole's father in a locked room because they have, they got to get rid of him. 
And they show Nicole running off and hiding in a corner. She's like in the fetal position. I think she has her hands over her ears so she doesn't have to hear the gunshot. And in my mind, I'm just like, why is there always that virginal character? Like, and I get that, you know, she, and she's implied to be young, you know, she, she lost her mom. I think her mom, I, I think they said she died before the apocalypse, but her brothers died in the apocalypse. And now all she has is her father who is also about to die. So I get that she's been through a lot. Maybe she's regressed mentally, but no, I just hate that like virginal, innocent character. And I get that there are virginal, innocent people in actual real life, but it's like, they made her just so childlike that she was a dumbass and we'll get into that later but she was a pure fucking dumbass who deserved to die and get left like yeah no like that's the one thing that irks me about her specifically innocent character they made her so childlike that they made her like have the logic of a fucking 10 year old like it was just in no movie in no other movie and not definitely not in real life hopefully would someone be that fucking stupid they cut away to basically everybody's just getting acclimated with them all and they cut away to uh bart and cj and they're still locked up and cj is still like trying to protect his status like as this you know i run them all and i protect them all and i'm the whole monitor type shit and was like telling terry like hey you know i got you this job man let me out come on let me out like boy fuck you like and fuck this job i'm not getting no paycheck anymore what you telling me you got me hired for and like like yeah it just blows me because like I said I still can't even tell if he's really just honestly is wants to protect this mall or he's just that much of a dick and a dumbass and just uh wants to be higher up on the on the fucking chain of command or whatever like CJ his character just but yeah people um are they're going through and like I said just getting acclimated with everything that's in the mall they're watching movies they're trying one of them you know trying heels on because he was like churchgoer so you know he really never I guess could explore his sexuality so now he's trying on heels and Steve who is Ty Burrell's character and Monica you know you see them fucking and this happens and I remember they had also brought this up in the talking dead like seasons ago and it's like in real life I think like, especially if I'm, especially if there's enough attractive people around me, me personally, I'm hoarding some plan B and I'm fucking like a rabbit. I don't care who it is, old, legal of legal age. Like I'm humping on everybody, man, woman, in-betweens, everything. Like if we're attracted to each other and like there's just not enough sex in these <laughs> and I'm not saying that I want to just see sex 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 in zombie movies and in horror movies but if if it's the end of days and we got a little time to get it in I'm getting it in because I don't know when I will again I don't even know if I'll be alive tomorrow so let me do all that I can do and let's just <laughs> have a good time while we can but yeah so Everybody is just having fun, or at least as much fun as you can in a zombie apocalypse in the mall. Not CJ, what's his name? Kenneth and Andy are just going back and forth, talking over white the little whiteboard. And I honestly truly believe that Andy is a big reason why they why they're 
group of zombies have come because earlier in the movie you know they're talking about why are all these zombies coming and they're like maybe it's instinct you know maybe they you know just remember this place somehow and no that's not it to me zombies well these zombies are attracted by sound they started playing a game shooting zombies so that's even more sound andy at the start of the apocalypse was shooting them trying to get them away from his building this is nothing but sound that's rippling like and oh they show it so great in walking dead like a, a gunshot you know the sound ripples and goes through the trees through the grass you know you hear it from so many distance away so it's like and you if you keep repeatedly doing it you're gonna keep attracting zombies like so andy it's your fault yeah they were already coming but you made even more and more come, I guess. And and going back to the character arc, because at this point, you know, they show CJ and Bart locked up. You see that he's reading like, I think it's like L or fucking Cosmopolitan. And he's reading out loud and he's talking about what's the most important thing in a relationship. And he reads the list and the list uh, at number one is like trust. And it's like, I guess it's supposed to imply that through solitary slash jail he's learning to become a better person and this goes back to the propaganda because they're basically in jail they're basically locked up and basically saying hey prison works it reforms people this is a lie and that character arc is a lie because if that happened in real life cj would have been he'd have just been an asshole when he got out he wouldn't have just through reading a cosmopolitan he would not have become a better person you can suck my dick on that one not real yeah, so they're back and they show him back on the roof. Kenneth, he's given, he's putting names on the whiteboard and showing Andy of different zombies they see in the crowd to kill. And who who just makes, a, and I understand you basically have unlimited ammo, but who does that? That's, I don't know. It's like y'all are already that desensitized to seeing dead bodies that now you're making a game of killing people or killing these zombies, which I guess... I mean, they have to get killed at some point so you can get the world back to regular, but three days in, two days into a zombie apocalypse and you, y'all you are that desensitized? Like, okay, wow. So they're shooting. Oh, they cut back to Andre with Luda. Also, just how long was Andre going to, how long could he have kept that going? So let's assume that Andre he has his family luda has the baby she turns into a zombie the the and spoiler alert there's a zombie baby how would that have worked out would he have just stayed hidden in the mall like no like eventually people are going to want to see it especially because they knew that she was going to pop it any day like how are you going to keep that under wraps how long could you have kept that under wraps that your wife is now dead and your child is also dead like I really want to know how, and I get he was in denial. Was there a plan or was he just winging it? I don't know. So they're at dinner and they're talking about, you know, their previous lives. And Anna is asking Michael questions. And she asks, like, you know, what was a job that you were worst at? And he says, husband. And her ass is just over there. <laughs> she is swooning. He is talking about how he is an ancient ass husband. I think he said he got divorced three times, which not knocking anyone that, you know, has been married and divorced multiple times. But I'm just like, how is that? 
you just over here giving that man heart eyes. Like, in my mind, and I guess because, especially in the apocalypse, like, dating, dating and all that regular shit, it goes out the window because at this point, she's probably just horny. But it's just like, what about like three times? What what happened? What did you do specifically? Because I need to know that. Because, yeah, three times, I'm not trying to fuck you. Not right now. I need to know what type of man you are before we do anything. Because, no, that that's a red flag to me. It'd be different if you said one, maybe even two, but three. That, it's, good. it's borderline a lot for Angel. That, that's a lot for me. But, yeah, he said he was a good dad. So, hopefully, he really was. And hopefully, yeah, he definitely wasn't a deadbeat. It doesn't seem like, or I hope not. So like, at least that's, a, I guess, a redeeming quality. And so they're talking. The power goes out. They cut to Andre and Luda again. Luda's screaming. She's, at this point, in labor, pale, sickly, clearly actively dying. And he's just wiping her, you know, bangs, wiping the sweat off. Like, you know, hey, you got to be quiet. You know, I got you. I'm here. And how did no one hear that? She's literally screaming. And multiple times did, and I get that you might have been in far, because it's implied that he stays in the baby area, which is far off to like one side of the mall. But no one, there's not a, especially when the power goes out, no one hears that fucking screaming. Okay. It's a movie, so I'm just going to let it go. But I'm just saying that shit's not real. So, okay. At this point, who is it? Michael brings CJ and Bart and Kenneth, and they all are about to go turn on the generator. Okay. My thing is, and I I love to say that because it's really like the thing that get me tripped up. Okay. My thing is, if it wasn't for Ving Rhames, he comes down at the end, last minute. He's like, I've already, you know, turned on the generator for whatever the fuck. So I know what I'm doing. So y'all are coming with me. And Michael quips like, basically, I know what I'm doing. This is a dangerous end. Talking about the end of his gun. And Ving Rhames literally has to turn off the safety on Michael's gun. And it's like, y'all dumbass is really about to go out here in a zombie infested parking lot. And you didn't even know that you had your safety on, sir. And then CJ didn't even tell you you had your safety on. So he was about to get your ass killed, really. And go back in that fucking mall and take shit over again that's really what was about to happen like you're an idiot and you almost got played you better thank the black man for saving your ass so they found the dog down there i think his name is chips or they end up naming him chips because you know he's oreo cookies and cream looking with the speckles and they hear the dog barking while they're in the parking lot or the parking garage. And they're like, he's just fucking crazy. Turns out he's barking to alert them like, hey, a zombie is close to you. And <laughs> Bart gets bitten by this legless zombie that's crawling on the pipes. Like he's not crawling, but he's like monkey bars hanging from the pipes and jumps on Bart, bites him. And this is how you can tell that CJ is an ain't shit ass friend because CJ looks at him and he's like, oh no, fuck all this shit, deuces. He runs out of there, runs with Kenneth and Michael. They go into this like, 
gated or not gated but fenced off parking area within the parking lot or parking garage and they're shooting the zombie that are coming they got there's some gasoline for private what's called mall shuttles they spray the zombies light them on fire and all i'm saying is he did a he sprayed the uh, the gasoline very haphazardly i feel like they'd have not only burnt the zombies but themselves because i know that some of that shit got on his hand on his pants on his shoes there's no way that one of them would not have been on fire also that's all i'm saying so they secure the garage and at this point we see that luda has already had her baby who is it the old lady and i again i wrote her name somewhere in my notes but i cannot norma norma what goes to check on luda and andre and she sees that Luda is now a zombie. Andre has delivered the baby from the zombie. And he looks unhinged when she walks in. He, he was, because she sees Luda as this fucking zombie. She pulls her gun out. And here he goes in like the most deadpan tone. So you just gonna shoot Luda? Huh? You wanna get rid of my family? Like, uh uh-uh, you were the, just from the tone in your voice, she should have left. Like, (laughs) like, no, she should have left. Like, okay, this nigga is crazy. Let me back the fuck up and go. In fact, let me run the fuck out of here and then go tell the group. So maybe they can subdue him because this nigga is nuts. And they get off, (laughs) they get into a shootout instead because she, uh, Norma shoots Luda. He's like, oh, so you killed my wife? Shoots her. Norma shoots Andre and so Andre and uh, Norma are just going back and forth between a shootout finally they're both dead the rest of the group finally runs in they think that Norma's about to turn but she's not Anna's like no these are gunshot wounds and Andre's like slumped on the bed next to his dead wife and with the baby still in hand and Anna uncovers the sheet that Andre's holding his baby and uncovers the sheet that the little girl is in and sees that it's a zombie baby. And I don't know if this is the first zombie baby in cinema, but in my world it is. And I loved it because again, how was, how was Andre going to pull that off? Does a zombie baby even grow? Is it a hybrid? Does it still grow? And is it like, you know, twilight? type thing where you know it still grows and it can live off of blood and guts and gore or it can live off of sandwiches like what type of what type of thing is this it was very interesting and I I honestly wanted to see how Andre could have pulled that off because in my mind it it was not going to turn out well either way but yeah so they kill the baby and they throw all three bodies over the over the edge of the roof and here comes Ving Rhames talking about, this is what gets me. Again, this is what, this is like, okay, because he, you know, they're about to say words before, before they throw the bodies out, they're going to say words because they knew these people, sort of friends, associates, whatever, acquaintances, either they were survivors together. So they were going to say words. And here comes Kenneth basically saying i never gave a fuck about anyone i never had to give a fuck about anyone but i guess i'm gonna give a fuck now like (laughs) what sir you should not be admitting that as a servant of your community you should not be admitting that you never gave a fuck about these people especially since you had a job that you were supposed to protect and serve like ah but anyways he says 
Some things are worse than death. One of them is sitting here waiting to die. And that line, and I get you have to have something that drives a movie into its next, its next act, but that line is a fucking lie. It's a lie and a half. There is no way in pure D hell that I would get rid of my safety and comfort in this mall with a generator, heat, cooling, you know, whatever you need for the foreseeable future. You know, you can ration all the food that you need. You can get more food if y'all start doing, you know, um, runs and, you know, do them safely and effectively. There is no way I'm giving that up. No. Watch any other, and there must not be any zombie shows or movies in this, you know, cinematic universe because all of them would have told you you find somewhere safe and you stay there you hunker down you you build up around it you don't go looking for other places you build up around that safe haven and keep it as safe as you can for as long as you can so you don't have to keep moving like I'm talking about one of them is sitting here waiting to die well y'all gone ahead Cause that just means more food, more electricity, more blah, blah, blah for me. Cause uh, uh-uh, I'm not moving. And then they get this cockamamie scheme to enforce some shuttle vans with some, a little bit of barbed wire and some flimsy ass metal that they find around the mall and blah, blah, blah. And oh, also Nicole, her idea of helping was to spray paint. She spray painted and make made shuttle vans look kick ass or whatever you want to call it. Like, no, if you're not, like, they're over here <laughs> with flamethrowers and they're uh, welding shit together and doing real work. And she's over here spray painting. At this point, don't even help. Like, because what you're doing isn't help. Just, just leave, Nicole. <laughs> you're just in the way. You're just annoying. Like, why are you a fucking kid? So, yeah, and then even in the movie, CJ, because at this point, like, since he saved or helped save Kenneth and Michael, I guess he's a good guy now. He's a team player. So he's out in the open. He's not locked up anymore. And even CJ sees the bullshit in this plan. He explains it and breaks it down. He's like, so we're going to get Andy. We're going to, what do you say? He's like, get on some, jump on the covered wagon type bullshit and get on uh, this asshole's boat talking about um, Steve. Like, so you do hear it. You also hear that it sounds like bullshit. And he's like, sure. Well, I mean, I guess you got nothing else to do in a zombie apocalypse than try to live, but still don't make it hard on yourself. Like, yeah, I I didn't understand that. But like I said, I get for a movie, you need something to ramp up the the energy and the action so you can reach the climax and then get into the final act. I get it. But no, 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 no. They get done, you know, rigging up the shuttles. They, or not they, Michael calls Anna. He shows her that uh, he made like this, he rigged the shuttle so he can put, in a a chainsaw at the bottom of the windows and cut the zombies off if they try to attach to the side and she makes a joke and it's like you know oh really romantic or something and he's like hey I'm trying and they get it on and I can't lie if someone did that for me zombie apocalypse or not you're definitely getting this like this cat like you're getting it at that moment I don't even blame her like that's hot 
<laughs> like in the forethought. I don't know, like something about it. Like, oh, you care about me and the team enough to have thought of such an interesting and cool idea to kill these zombies. Like, yes, I am wet right now with anticipation. Like <laughs> you get anything you want from me in that moment. So I don't even blame her. So, okay, now they're planning how to get out the mall, but they realize that Andy is getting thinner and thinner and weaker and weaker. So they know that they need to get some nourishment into him before they try to save him, because if they don't, he's basically a hazard just by being there because they have to basically carry him and do for him the whole way. So they uh they end up putting some food on chips in like a uh in a sack pack or whatever you want to call it and attaching it to chips and chips is supposed to run across the parking lot and get to andy and get through his doggy door and he's supposed to get food and then he's supposed to nourish up a little bit and then they're supposed to go save him and then go to the docks to get on steve's boat okay so the dog that all happens except zombies get in when chips is getting through the doggy door and he gets bitten okay this is where the movie damn near loses me because I just don't understand. Nicole hears them talking, saying, oh, they got him. They got him. Um, talking about the fact that zombies got Andy or got into his place. She thinks that they're talking about the dog. If he survived this whole time, you saw him with your own eyes run across the parking lot full of zombies. Why do you think oh, just all of a sudden they're going to attack the dog? And even if they did, why the, like, you dumb, <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. You stole a van that we possibly could have used or siphoned the gas out of or, you know, use something in that, in that truck to go save a dog. A dog, and, and this is coming from a dog lover. I have two dogs that I would give my left fucking tit for, but no. In a zombie apocalypse, I love you, Kingston. I love you, Kimura, but deuces. They're not eating you. You can make it. They both used to live on the street. They can make it. Like, uh-uh, no. And then Anna, here comes Anna, after they find out that, you know, she stole the truck to get the dog, we need to do something quick. Girl, you're, <laughs> you're not going to volunteer my services. She's the one that, <laughs> she is the one with her, in her own right mind, chose to uh, uh, jeopardize the plan for a dog. No. And you think I'm about to jeopardize now my life for her and that dog? All of y'all can, no, no, no. Y'all can kiss it where the sun don't shine. It's a negative. No. Mm -mm. Like that whole, that whole part. And I, once again, I get that you need something to build up. So there's a climax. So there's a final part. But Jesus Christ, they should have left her. They should, and if they didn't leave her, they should have went over there, got the blitz, and then killed her. Because now we have to alter the plan and do all this shit to come save you because you wanted to act like a 10-year-old? Oh, my God, I swear. I, that part gets me fired up because I'm like, how could you be that stupid? And then you saved her. She uh, did all this. She jeopardized your plan, and then you save her. There's no consequences. They didn't cuss her out. They didn't slap her. Nothing. Oh my God, like that, <laughs> that part blows me. Like it literally blows me. So after all that shenanigans, <laughs> they find Andy. Kenneth puts him down. You know, he's like, I'm sorry, brother. And shoots him, you know, it's real heartfelt because you can tell they really were forming a friendship. So 
They find Andy, they put him down, they find Nicole and Chips, they grab all the ammo they need, which it didn't look like a lot, but I mean, they had like two duffel bags worth, but everybody's carrying a duffel bag. Like if at this point, if we're going to have to go get the ammo anyway, everybody carry a duffel bag and we're going to fill these bitches up and we're getting some more guns and filling it with that ammo too. Like, I feel like no one's thinking about the future. You can't just plan for the now, you got to plan for the you know what's after now the the far far future is what you should be thinking about and be prepared for so they're they're they get all that and they're like okay how are we gonna get out so who is it known cj now that he's a team player he's like you want to have a barbecue he finds some gasoline tanks he throws it into the group of zombies shoots it blows up the pretty like circumference area of zombies and they all get back into the the sewer and try to get back to the mall tucker falls in messes up his leg and he and he messed up his leg earlier like oh my god this man and his legs when he came out the truck his leg was fucked up now his leg is healed enough that he can go help the team then he falls into the well that they're all getting in the zombies are coming for him and fucks up his leg again so CJ's having to pull him through this dirty ass water and CJ yeah CJ's pulling him while Tucker's you know shooting zombies and it gets to a point where you know he can't drag him anymore and so the zombies get him he's like shoot me shoot me like why did I even carry you then <laughs> like why did I do all that work at least he gives uh CJ his guns before he goes because you know you need as much ammo as you can get but it's like damn like you did all that he only saved him like 10 minutes. I mean, 10 seconds, really. Not even minute. He did, probably didn't even get a whole minute of extra life. So that was just a waste of energy for CJ. But I, you know, hey, it, it, I get it. It's showing that CJ now would not leave someone like he did Bart. He's a team player. He's, you know, looking out for others. I get it. It was just a dumb scene. Like, why waste the energy? So they get back to the basement door that Steve was supposed to hold open for him. Steve isn't there, they're banging on the door. Who is it? Anna lets them in. They can't get the door back closed to, you know, basically make sure that the zombies are out of the mall. So now they're all running to the elevators. On the way to the elevator, they see the rest of the group. They're like, come on, come on, you know, we're leaving now. And they get to the garage, they get in, they get in the uh, shuttle vans and they see Steve and they're like, fuck you, at, you know, fuck you, man. You know, you left us. You, you were supposed to be there holding the door open. So they both get in. I mean, both groups get in two different vans. One thing I noticed that just like, it trips me out. Okay, so they had enough forethought to get the shuttles done. And, you know, they had enough forethought to get ammo for the trip, but... They didn't have enough forethought to try to bottle water, to try to bring food in the shuttle because they're trying to go on a boat to an island that they're not exactly sure where it is. And no one thinks to bring provisions. You, you can die from dehydration, from starvation, just as easily as you can die from a zombie. Like, did no one think to just bring one bottle of water? Like, there was no water. Even if you don't bring food, you could, no water, and you're on, you're sailing across sea, uh, salt water. Did you? I know they didn't bring anything to start a fire to boil the salt water. So it's like, 
why, again, why this haphazard, half-ass planning and half-ass, this half-assedness? Why it, it's not making sense? So they go through town. Oh no! First they get out of the parking lot, which is filled with zombies, and they do that by, and doing the same thing. CJ throws a gas tank, uh, but this time a zombie holds it up, and I almost want to say that the zombies are already starting to evolve. Because he holds it up, and in my mind, he was going to throw it back. He wasn't just holding it up. He was going to throw it back, but CJ shot it and blew it up before he got a chance to throw it back at them. So, yeah, I, I honestly wonder if the, the zombies were already starting to think, or at least think a little more, because, yeah, none of the zombies were doing that. No other zombie picked up anything or, you know, you know what I mean? I just feel like they were starting to evolve, but we didn't get to see that part. So he, he shoots the gas tank. They're driving through town, driving through downtown, and they lose one of the trucks making a left turn. So they back up and it's the truck with Ving Rames, Steve, church gay guy. And Monica. So Ving Rhames, they get out. Well, first, the the car, the shuttle flips. And Steve gets out. And Ving Rhames is reaching out his hand like, help me. And Steve's like, nah, fuck all that shit. So he gets out and closes the door behind him like, damn. But he gets, he gets attacked by a zombie. And then Ving Rhames eventually gets out and gets the, um, what's it? Oh, and I think uh, Terry's in that, in that truck too. He gets Ving, I mean, he gets, what's it called? the uh the ammo the ammo bag and they're about to load terry the ammo and kenneth into van number one but anna goes back because she remembers like oh shit steve is the one with a fucking the boat key and that's what i want to talk about earlier okay so they have a boat key only one at nowhere in the mall, was there a key making station? Because I mean, most malls have that somewhere, even if it's not used regularly. Most of them do have a little station, you know, a um, little kiosk. You can put your key in, charge the amount of money, and then make a duplicate key. Did no one think to make a duplicate key? There had to have been, like, when they do the, um, the wide frame showing the mall before they actually go into the mall, it's a huge fucking mall. There's no way that there wasn't a, a key making kiosk. I, I refuse to believe it. They're in every mall. They're in every mall. And so, yeah. So Anna has to go back, get the key. And she's basically the last one to get in van number one or get back in van number one. And uh, someone gets bit. We don't see who it is, but we see that someone gets bit. Michael's like, you know, why the fuck did you do that, basically? And she's like, you know, he holds, holds up the key and he's like, oh, okay, I see why I like her. She's smart as fuck. So they crash into the dock and everybody gets off the shuttle except CJ. And this, I guess it's rounded out his character arc, but at first he's leaving everybody. Now he's sacrificing. Well, he ultimately has to sacrifice himself because he was going to just shoot and then he was going to put basically a delayed explosion on the shuttle and get out of the side door. But the side door was jammed. So he has to sacrifice himself for the sake of the group. Because really, there was there is no other way. Like, yeah, I get. No, honestly, he could have crawled through the front window. 
because I saw that some zombies were coming through there, but I guess in the moment he wasn't thinking about it. But yeah, he, he sacrifices himself. He blows up the shuttle and that creates like a gas and fire filled, creates like a gas and fire fueled barricade between the zombies and where the rest of the group is on the dock. So everybody gets on the boat and Michael's like, Hey guys, I'm not going. And, and, Anna's like, what the, f- what do you mean you're not going? He shows the bite and he's like, yeah, this happened downtown while I was trying to save your fucking ass. Just a heartfelt moment, sad moment, because it's like, damn. Like she lost her man. She finally got a new man. He gave her a, a little zombie window, zombie chainsaw window. They got, I'm sure she got some good sex and hopefully got some good sex. And then he sacrificed himself getting bit for her. Like, my girl can't win. Like she cannot, she cannot keep a man. And the only man that's not taken is uh, fucking Kenneth. And that, that just doesn't even seem like, uh, uh-uh, that no, no, no. So yeah. And then they, you know, drift into the sunset and he, you know, he's like, I think I'll, you know, I think I'll sit here and watch the sunset for a little bit. And so you see that, you know, he pushes the boat away. They're drifting off into the sunset and he does look into the sunset a little bit. And then he uh, looks at his gun and puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. And then that's the end of the movie. Basically, they do have a cut scene or I think it's like a the mid credit. And they show that they got they got to the island. Chips runs away. What's her name about to go running after the dog? Like, oh no, chips, don't go. Fucking Nicole's dumbass. And next thing you see is all these zombies rushing toward the, you know, the dock. And whoever's carrying the camera, which I think is Terry, falls down, basically implying that they did all this work just for all of them to die, except chips. And yeah, that is my first movie. That's Dawn of the Dead, first episode first episode pick and like I said I just love the movie it's it's it has its moments and I also love so bad it's good movies and I don't know if y'all consider this in that category but to me it's just uh, it does have its like moments especially the fucking Nicole and the you know saving the dog but it has its moments, but it's a great movie. It it's something that launched my love of horror and my love of zombies and it, it was such a great movie for me to feature as my first episode. I hope you guys liked it. All right, guys, wrapping up Dawn of the Dead, we're going to go into our BPR. BPR is our Black People Rating. Okay, this is how we're going to break it down. BPR goes off of, one, are there Black people in the fo- in the film? More than the extras, you know, are there main character, are there side characters, how, you know, are there enough black people, or are they in there at all? Two, do the black people live? That's very important to the BPR. Three, are the black people believable? Because we know when it's something that we would do as black people, or what the white people would think we would do in a situation. Okay, so, Dawn of the Dead, I'm going to have to give it... I'm going to give it two out of five afros for the BPR, only because we don't know if the nurse made it, and my boy got shot just trying to provide for his family. So, I mean, besides that, you don't see too many black people. 
and the ones that you do, one where where we don't even know if she lived, and the one he clearly died. So again, two out of five afros. What do you think the BPR should be? Tell me at Twitter at Black Horror Pod or at my email Black Horror Podcast at Yahoo. Thank you all. Till next time. <laughs>